Hello everyone and welcome to Force Ghosts Episode 3. My name is Blair Beveridge and thank you for once again tuning in. My guest today is a marketing geek. She is a badass with the medieval longsword. She's also an action actor who is the producer and star of the web series Basic Adventuring 101. She's also a good friend of mine. My guest today is, of course, Kristen Brumley. Now, Kristen has some big news to share on this podcast. I'm not going to spoil it for you, and I'm not going to talk any more on this preamble. So, again, welcome to Force Ghosts Episode 3 with my guest, Kristen Brumley. And welcome to the next episode of Force Ghosts. Now, today is a very special episode. Something that's a little near and dear to my heart is going to be going on as of today. We have ourselves a very special guest. She is a marketing geek. She is the producer of the web series Basic Adventuring 101. She's an improv action actor. And above all else, she's a LARPer. Our guest today, Kristen Brumley. Hello, Kristen. Hi. How you doing? I am, like, amazing. <laughs> Today's a big day. Yes. Oh, my gosh. After so many months, really years of working on uh, on this project, Basic Adventuring 101, we are finally releasing episode <laughs> two. <laughs> For those of you who may not know... Um, we, they, uh, I'm going to say we, because I'm a member of the cast. Uh, Basic Adventuring released their pilot um, some time ago, and the pilot was very well done, very well received. And when I first saw this pilot, I contacted Kristen from my other show, Webisode Watch, to, to, do, to do some interviewing. And it was, it was great. It was a lot of fun. I loved the people that were on it. And then when they were doing the Kickstarter, the Indiegogo, sorry. Or no, Seed and Spark. Seed and Spark. Seed and Spark. Yeah. Seed and Spark. I got there eventually. Um, you did. When they did Seed and Spark, we did another show, and it wasn't too long after the second show that she asked me to audition for a part on the show, which was pretty cool. And uh, I, I got the role, and I and I loved it. It's it was one. Of, it's honestly been one of the highlights of my life being a part of this project. Um, I absolutely loved it, and it's now here. Like yes. <laughs> It was it was just about I think a little less than a year ago that you know I threw Momo O'Brien in a car in downtown Toronto and drove down to Ohio for this adventure. So yeah, it almost yeah like almost exactly. Yeah, pretty it close. Was, it's yeah, <laughs> it was like the very very end of May. Oh my! I didn't even realize that until like you just said that. Mm. Wow. Now, yeah, isn't that kind of neat? It's it's I just. It's, it doesn't seem like it was that long ago, but in the same breath, it kind of feels like it is. And this, this for me, has been a, a year-long journey, and you, you alluded to this being a lot longer than a year. Yeah. Um, yourself, uh, I, I, what, what, is it fair to say that, uh, you know, the three of you ladies, and perhaps Eric as well, is kind of people who have been building this from the beginning? Oh, well, I mean, it all started, started in 2013, and first it was just me and Liz, and then it was me, Liz, and Maddie. And um, so really from the very beginning, um, it really was the three of us. And in some right. capacity, we weren't sure who was going to do what, only mm -hmm. that we wanted to do it and that I wanted them to be part of the project. And um, without them, it really wouldn't, 
exist. So um, yeah, they're they're really central. Eric, um, who plays one of the one of the characters in the web series as well, um, is actually Liz's boyfriend. And I feel like more than anything else, that's like somehow he like he's one of our really good friends. But like. It, we needed this role filled and like back at the very beginning we were first auditioning for, for roles for the pilot and poor Eric um, he got roped into doing it as like a filler and we really liked him so that, that's kind of his story and how he got involved but um, and now he, he's um, kind of become our um, I wish I had like an actual name for his role, but he's kind of the person who tells us when we forget stuff mm -hmm. uh, or when uh, something is clearly very obvious and we don't see it. I, there needs to be like an actual term, like Eric the... I want to say Wrangler, but it just, it seems a little not right. <laughs> no, not Wrangler. I, I don't know. <laughs> Something. Uh, well, so there there was something because Eric, when we were doing the shoot, showed up later in the shoot. When he showed up, it was like this. The vibe changed a bit, and it's it was almost like you guys had the final piece of your puzzle slip in, and that's why I was making an assumption here. I mean, it was clear that you, Maddie, and Liz had done a lion's share of the work, but he 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 seemed to have that gravitas of having, you know, a, a significant role in the process. Yeah, I mean, actually, the only people who have seen all of the episodes that have been done. Um, and are like ready to go so far um, is is the like it's like the four of us. So yeah, he he's definitely part of it. I guess you're just like putting things you're putting words to things and like it's suddenly clicking in my head like you're right. You're right, Blair. He he is a central part of the project. Ah. <laughs> well, because I you know through the interviewing process that I did with Webisode Watch, I got the sense that you know you Liz and, and Maddie were were, you know, the three creators, if you will, but uh, it wasn't until I saw Eric in action that I understood how important he was to the whole process. So we're going to be talking a lot about Star Wars, but uh, there's going to be a lot of basic adventuring weaved into this as well. Um, again, big day for both of us. But let's dive into that Star Wars uh, a little bit. You're a big fan, I'm, I'm aware. And, yes. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your Star Wars cred. Growing up, um, how the movies were seen for the first time, how they influenced your younger life, uh, yeah, start there. We owned the original three on VHS tape. Mm. And uh, this they, they weren't the original versions. They were the uh, like the new release versions, like where they had gone special in. Special edition? And, yeah. yeah, it was the special edition. And like at the beginning of each VHS tape, there was like a little segment that talks about what's special about this version and like how like kind of like the making of and um, we watched them. Me and my two younger brothers watched those movies so many times that the tapes uh, are now broke mm -hmm. and because uh, they just got so worn out mm -hmm. and um, I mean you know how kids can watch things over and over but Star yeah. Wars especially um, The Empire Strikes Back that mm -hmm. one I could watch five six times in a day um, while stab in the dark that's the favorite what's that Wild Stab in the Dark, that's your favorite? That's my Wars? favorite one, yeah. It's just so, like, I don't know, like, everything about Star Wars that I love is basically in that movie. It, and... It's interesting, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, 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 it's just, um, 
And it's kind of like the, I feel like it's the most iconic, really. Um, with the whole, like, Luke, I am your father. <laughs> I, uh, so good. Uh, the last podcast, which uh, you guys, if you've been following along, you, you would have heard I was speaking with Chris Bramante about um, the fact that gr for most of my life, my favorite, and really it still is, my favorite was Return of the Jedi, but it wasn't until this year, this rewatch that I did before the new movie was released, that I gained a whole new level of appreciation for The Empire Strikes Back. And it really stemmed from the fact that the dialogue in that movie was unbelievable, specifically between Harrison and Carrie. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Yeah, you know, I, 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 it's funny that you say that because I was rewatching the movies too right before the, the release um, with my boyfriend. And... Um, we like i guess as a kid that whole like love interest story uh was not nearly as appealing like that's the kind of part where you're kind of like ah this is gross and like not as cool as like the the lightsaber fights right. um but yeah we like it's kind of a good movie when you can watch it when you're older and appreciate it for different reasons and um i can totally see that i agree with you yeah, it was. It, it just was something I wasn't expecting. I mean, I've watched all of these movies, probably closing in on a hundred times, and to to almost see it with fresh eyes for the first time. Because I think I had a sense that the Star Wars universe was about to change and 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 change in a big way, and it really kind of helped me transition into you know the Force Awakens very well. But before we get ahead of ourselves, let's let's talk about these things in chronological order. Okay. All right. The, yeah. Let's do it. So the first movie we're throwing out. No, I'm kidding. Um, okay, so. <laughs> actually, actually, yeah. But okay. um, what what is your take on the prequels? Uh, I actually don't watch the first one like ever. Um, so what is it called? I, the Montessori order or whatever it is. Yeah, where you watch that? you watch four, five, then you go back to two, then three, and then you watch six. Six. Yeah. Yeah. I just made my dad um, go through that order recently, mm -hmm. right after the new movie came out. He was like, wait a minute, I don't remember any of the old ones, really. And so <laughs> we sat down, and it was like a great father-daughter bonding like experience over the winter. Oh, and that's awesome. um, Yeah, and so we did that order. And actually, I really liked it. It, it almost made the, peak, the, the, the prequels uh, tolerable for me. Because mm -hmm. um, there's so much I don't like about them. Right. Um, but when you kind of change the order, it changes the whole story in like in a big story arc kind of way. Um, and it becomes more about Luke and less about Anakin. And there's just a little bit more of that like antithesis kind of happening, like the like the contrast and you and you appreciate a lot more watching Anakin's fall um, Luke's story because you realize just how close Luke really is to falling and joining the dark side when you kind of compare the two, like, side by side. Right. Um, well, you know, it's a very popular order, and I, I watched it for the first time like that um, earlier in the year, um, early last year, sorry. And it, 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 I agree with you. I mean, my biggest issue I've always had with the prequels is they shouldn't have gone as young as they did with Anakin in the first role because it just made it creepy. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, and so I so, so totally did. <laughs> I mean, you got you got Natalie Portman, who's clearly someone that we know is a woman, 
and you have right. this little kid who's clearly a little kid. Yes. And then next time you see them, he's in love with her. It's like, oh, no. Like, it just... Yeah, it was it's too weird. Di- it's too difficult to watch. And, and, it's, and it's too bad because the Darth Maul fight is perhaps the best fight scene in the entire Star Wars universe. It, it's one of... It's act- I mean, it's acclaimed. It's a really good fight scene. Yeah. Ray Park absolutely nailed that. Um, I liked the the job that Liam Neeson did. I, I liked the job, technically, that Ewan McGregor did. Uh, but it just wasn't a movie that... It, it should have been framed differently, in my in my opinion. I mean, uh, it was George coming back for the for the first time, and I think he was all about creating ex- exposition for you know what occurred in episodes three, four, and five, or sorry, four, five, and six. And um, it it was too bad. I mean, you could probably have done it a lot quicker and a lot faster, uh, and and added a lot more action to the whole deal. And 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 really, I mean, Hayden Christensen is literally from around where I live. And when he first got cast in the role, I, I was doing the Star Wars card game in the city here. I used to run tournaments. And one of my players was one of his friends. And I was like, your buddy is King Chris? He's like, yeah. I'm like, holy shit. But then, you know, he, we see him and then we come back to him and we're like, dude. He's like, just, just don't. Just <laughs> don't. Don't. No, I, I mean, I can't even talk to him about it. It's, he's, you know, he, in my opinion, he wasn't so bad in Revenge of the Sith. Um, he was terrible in Attack of the Clones, which to me is the weakest of all the Star Wars movies. Oh my Even... gosh. Yeah, some of like, the worst dialogue lines are in that movie. They said they casted him because of his chemistry with Natalie Portman, and I didn't see it at all. I didn't either. It was oh. just awkward. Like, there were moments where I was, like, uncomfortable watching both of them. Especially that scene, you know, I think everyone refers to this scene when you talk about uncomfortable love scenes, um, where he starts talking about sand and how it gets how, everywhere <laughs> yeah and how, i don't like sand it's rough and <laughs> gets everywhere and like there's just like you're watching natalie portman's face and you like you know she's a good actor because there's she's no way she's not like there's no way she's not creeped out as he's like reaching over and like touches her shoulder and she's like oh no please god and <sighs> Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. But it probably would have been a lot less creepy if you started on episode two, hence why people suggest the order. Yeah. But enough enough about those. <laughs> those those things that we need to speak about. But um, did they it, did they have much influence on you, on your life growing up? Because, I mean, how old were you when those came out? The prequels? Yeah. Um, I was still a kid. Um, not that much of a kid, but like middle school kind of age. Did they feel too young for you at the time, or were they the right the right age? Or when the first the first one came out, episode one, it was the right age for me. Like I liked it, and I didn't know any better. Right. Um, I liked Jar Jar Binks, mm-hmm. and again, I didn't know any better. Well, I mean, he was he was created for the, a target audience that you were. So, I mean, yeah. there was a re- there was a reason why you liked him is that he was he was a character built for you. Um, they yep. were not. They were not built for the fanboys that were in their thirties and forties at the time. You no. Know, so and and unfortunately, those fanboys had you know very loud voices. Well, um, and it's not. I mean, and also it makes it so that it's not rewatchable as much. Like when you know how you those kid movies that you yeah. rewatch when you're older and you're like, 
you, they're, they're kind of painful to watch. Yeah. And you have the ones, too, that are, like, really good and you enjoy watching. And Back like, to the future. <laughs> yeah, like, there's plenty of really good, like, kids' movies that you can enjoy no matter how old you are. Right, right. And I think, yeah, Jar Jar makes it so that it's, it's yeah, I, I cannot watch that movie. But, oh. um, you know, Star Wars has always been, like, it's still influential and like the prequels and everything were, were influential to me growing up because it's kind of like this link between my generation and my father's generation. And like, right. I think I've mentioned this before, but like my relationship with my father, like we bond over Star Wars. Like That's we don't amazing. have like much in common except for Star Wars. It, it really is something that gaps generations. Like I have a lot of my friends you know, that are in their 40s and, you know, late 30s, and their kids are now getting to that five, six-year-old age, and they bond over Star Wars. I watch it. It's it's tangible. Like, uh, some of my best friends, we go up to their place on, uh, from time to time, and they have Star Wars Lego everywhere, and, and, and you know, we there's a, they host a Star Wars party so the kids can dress up, and it's it's incredible, and, and it's just, it warms my heart to see it. It's, uh, you know, it's because it was so important to me when I was that child's age to see that happen again it's tough to describe it's just it's all the amazing and and i don't know how else to really explain it beyond that yeah i mean when when you can do something with your family that's i don't i i think that's important now one of the big things in star wars that we all know about is lightsaber battles now You've taken the real-life version of this up as a thing. Correct. I am a historical fencer. I do um, mostly longsword, and uh, I study it as a martial art right. using the manuals that were written during the 14 and 1500s. Wow. Mm -hmm. And you, you travel to, uh, is it Long Point? Is that the right name? Yeah, I go. So every year I go to Long Point and compete. It's the largest um, competition for historical fencers, part of AHIMA, Historical European Martial Arts, mm -hmm. um, in the United States. And uh, I, I do my own blog for that. Mm -hmm. And um, it's it's my I don't know. It's my way of feeling like a badass, really. Now, to tie this back into uh, basic adventuring, there is some sword fighting that we do on the show. Um, and there was a sense that when anyone had to cross swords with Kristen, that uh, we were just hoping that uh, we wouldn't end up injured. Because <laughs> she, she knows how to do it for real, and everyone else was getting stage combat training. <laughs> you could just, you could tell the look of people's eyes, like, oh, she could really hurt me if she wanted to. <laughs> Yeah, but what's what's ironic is uh, most of our sword fighting and our stage combat ends up being done by our other actors. That's true. That's true. Um, especially Brad, who plays Rand Ranger, is. I mean, you'll see uh, in the in the episode coming out today. Mm -hmm. um, he gets some really cool stage combat moments because he he's also he's he's really amazing when it comes to that. I'm really, really excited to see this this first episode being released, so, which I will do as soon as we finish, you know, posting yeah. this. Yeah, you need to go and watch it. Cause, I do, because yeah. I didn't actually see 
any of the filming for episode two. One thing that we actually did is, for the most part, we filmed the episodes in order, which was something I'm told is very rarely done. Um, but that first day, I, I, I was just more getting you know into where I was going to be. I had a big second day, and then I think it... Well, I'm not going to talk any plot, but um, <laughs> because I had such a big second day, I didn't see any of the filming for, for this, this first episode. The episode released today, and, I, and from everything I know is this is a big one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, episode two is meant to be like the return, the return to the internet, really, because the <laughs> pilot came out basically, I mean, two years ago at this point. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's one of my favorites. So we, we, uh, we, we return with a bang. Excellent. All right. So let's dive into the original movies, the ones that really created this this thing that we are. This, the ones this... that are real and actually <laughs> exist. The real. How do you? <laughs> the real ones. The real ones. Yeah. They not figments of imagination. Yeah. Nightmares. How, how do you feel that the original Star Wars movies shaped the movie industry, and and how they affected merchandising, as as a tie into movies these days. Well, the first Star Wars movie, as in Episode Four, was is, is actually number fifteen on the AFI Top One Hundred list, which uh, is the American Film Institute, I believe, and they made this whole list about the most influential movies in the past hundred years uh, in the in the U.S. specifically. Um, so I think they either had to be made by an American or had to be filmed in America. I don't remember all the specifics. Mm-hmm. But out of all those movies, uh, episode four is number 15, which mm-hmm. is a really big deal because it beats mm-hmm. a whole bunch of things. Right. Um, uh, and for I mean, and I think it's for very good reason because Star Wars and a lot of things that exist in those those first original movies especially um have influenced so so much of our media mm-hmm. um it's changed um even even something like um having credits at the end of your movie mm-hmm. that's something that happened because of episode four um because Ooh. george lucas was like you know what no i want to get right into the movie no credits at the beginning let's just go boom fast like that's what i want he had to pay a huge amount of fines because of that because that was not part of the um like i think that might have been been like a uh it was some sort of regulation that you had to have credits at the beginning so huh. you um, know i never i can't believe it but i never noticed that i was yeah. that now i think of it i'm like yeah She's 100% correct. Yeah. So yeah. I'm learning new things, man. So, um, and then now you see a lot of movies that come out anymore. Like, usually the credits are at the end. Of course, your credit list is much bigger than it used to be because, right. you know, uh, 3D CGI. and yeah, all that stuff. So, but, uh, you know, so like even just something like that, um, how, like, the ways that they went about creating their effects. Um, the storyline itself, and the fact that you basically took a fantasy story and put it into space, like, mm. it, it was very new, and people didn't expect it to succeed. People expected it to be a flop, because right. before that, um, you know, people wanted family stories and normal things. Mm-hmm. Um, 
not not you know basically magicians in space mm. so how do you think it affected the way movie merchandising existed i'm not as familiar with the merchandising but there, i know there's a lot of it out there <laughs> and Basi- as i'm like i'm currently wearing like <laughs> a star wars beanie and a star wars t-shirt <laughs> basically what happened with 20th century fox is uh i think there was like four or five major studios had already turned towards lucas down and he, he pitched it to fox and they were kind of waffling and he said look give me the merchandising rights and you can keep all the profits from the movies and then, all right, and that was all it took. Fox is like, done, no problem. <laughs> and, okay, this guy, we just made the sweetest deal on the planet. And, and you know, lo and behold, George probably made the best deal of in the history of, you know, film on, on that one. Probably. Uh, but um, the way I see it is I was inundated with Star Wars toys as a kid because it became such a huge part of our culture that you had to respond in kind to it. So the kids were so in love with the movie instead of their toys that you had to turn the toys into, you know, from the movie. And it was all I ever wanted growing up, personally. It was, you know, I had to have the Millennium Falcon. I had to have this. I had to have that. And it was all I ever wanted to play with to the point where, you know, it, it, was, it was obsessive. It was to that, to that level. And speaking with some people that I know that are older than myself that... You know, it's like, was it ever like that with anything beforehand? They're like, no, because, you know, with the rare exception of Disney movies, usually you didn't have kids latching on to a movie series like that. And it, it, I mean, just... I've heard it with things like comics or, right. um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a good point as far as like movie series, like, and a movie series too, because yeah. I feel like. You know, there was um, the Godfather series. Yes, correct. There's, um, gosh, I'm trying to think of other, like, really famous, like, series of movies. There's not a lot of them, especially from, like, 70s, 80s. Yeah, Rocky. Or or before, like, the 70s, you know? like. Yeah, I think Rocky started around the same time, but, I mean, it was, you know, again, another movie everyone thought was going to flop. I mean, one of the saddest things I heard was that... Sylvester Stallone actually had to sell his dog in order to help finance Rocky. Like it's his dog. It's it it's the saddest thing ever. And then of course when Rocky became as popular as it was, it he he spent a lot of money getting his dog back, but he did eventually get his dog back. So. Oh thank goodness! I know it's it's got a happy ending, but it's Yay. just one of those things. To imagine Holy selling crap. your dog, and like that was literally his his last thing that he owned and. That's unbelievable. But, I'd be uh, like somebody telling me, like, "All right, Kristen, you're gonna you're gonna finish your web series. You have to sell your cat." Yeah, like, I, I I don't know. No, I don't know. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. I spent a lot of money on my cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that was an investment. I think in love that sometimes yes. I get back, but mostly I don't. <laughs> um. Have you, and, and this is a great question for a LARPer, in my opinion, have you ever been caught up in a fandom so deeply that you, you truly consider it a part of who you are? Oh, yeah. I mean, so every year I have a Christmas party, and this last year, it was a Star Wars Christmas party. Ooh. Everyone was required to, like, dress in their Star Wars stuff, 
I really got to uh, move down to Columbus. I, really, <laughs> yeah. I have to make this a thing. <laughs> we had lightsabers. Like we we did a we did a Star Wars parade singing the uh, the uh, Imperial March down my driveway, <laughs> and uh, you know with lightsabers. So we had lights and everything. It was dark out. You know, mm-hmm. winter time. Um, and I, I made Star Wars, like, everything was Star Wars themed. I, I scoured Pinterest for hours so that I could make different foods that were usually Star Wars puns of some sort. But, right. I bet um, every Star Wars party needs some punning food. Oh, uh, but it was, it was glorious. So, I mean... I feel and like and that to me wasn't weird. It was it was like this is how we celebrate Christmas. <laughs> With lightsabers. With lightsabers. <laughs> um, now, in terms of your Star Wars cosplay, I'm going to tell the story. I hope you don't mind. Sure. So you showed up to Dragon Con one day, and you decided to enter a costume a costume contest. Tell us a little bit about the experience. Well, I um, had a costume uh, for a Jedi, but specifically a Jedi of um, of uh, uh, Order sixty six. So, like, right. Order sixty six had just happened, and this Jedi basically is on the run and trying to survive and, and sur- like you know run from the the stormtroopers. I guess they're clones at that point. Clone like the troopers, clones. Yeah. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> so basically I, I made a Jedi outfit and then put a bunch of holes in it. And I had like a, I had a, a laser burn on my arm that I did all the makeup for that looked really gruesome and, and awesome. Mm-hmm. I had a big bruise that I did like makeup on my face where um, in my, my head cannon was that I had landed on this planet and... Um, had been basically shot down and so I had like crash landed and hit my head in the in the landing and now I'm on like a oh you know probably a wooded planet of some sort where there's probably lots of forest for some reason <laughs> right and um so I had like I had like m- like you know so I'm really dirty I'm gross um and uh, I had a lot of fun putting the costume together and I show up at Dragon Con and I realize, yeah, there's this this contest for Star Wars cosplay and go ahead, sign up. You don't have to like, it was it was pretty easy, and so uh, I ended up winning the Jedi category, um, which was a shock to me because I felt like I had literally just thrown this costume together. <laughs> and uh, and everybody else had so many cool like so you know people show up to these contests and they are amazing mm-hmm. and uh like there was a, a rev in there that i just loved oh, wow. i know right ah <laughs> um but uh you know they're they're calling the the people and like the winners and they call my name and i literally was like <laughs> i didn't hear it i didn't go up and for like the, for like a whole like minute and they're like calling saying my name again and i'm still sitting there like no what why are they saying my name? Well, I, what I liked about it is, is you know, I've seen some perfect replicas of Star Wars cosplays, and they're awesome, and I love them. But, you know, at the end of the day, and I'm not meaning to disrespect any of those cosplayers, that's something you can purchase. When you take an idea like you did, and you, you basically took a concept that everybody would understand who was a Star Wars fan, and 
bring it to life. Like when you, when you explained it to me, I was like, holy, that's that's an incredible idea. And you're like, well, it won this contest. I'm like, yeah, I would have voted for you too. Because I mean, I saw <laughs> when I saw her original cosplay, I'm like, did you fall down? Because I mean, it looks like a you know a Jedi cosplay that you fell down and hurt yourself. And she's like, no, no, that was on purpose. And, and I was like. That is incredible. I thought that was absolutely outstanding, and you deserve to win, so I'm glad you eventually got up there. Thank you. I have a little Yoda uh, trophy and everything. Like, it's a Yoda head that's, like, been painted gold. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, <laughs> who's your favorite character in the Star Wars world? Oh, gosh. I was trying, like, I knew this question was going to come, and I was, like, thinking about it and thinking about it, and I'm it's still... It's just become a lot harder. It's so hard because, like, do I get to count all the new characters, yes, too? Yes, you can. Absolutely. Oh, good. That's what makes it very hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> True, and I'm like, oh, no, now I really don't know. Um, I, I mean, I guess if I had to pick just one, it usually comes down to one of the droids, actually. Um, mm. R2-D2's been one of my favorites for a long time. Right. BB-8's kind of up there but he's also just kind of another version of i feel like r2d2 is like the man as far mm -hmm. as droids go mm -hmm. the droid i should say he's the droid he's the droid yeah i yeah i'm gonna go with him he's my answer that's a good answer R2... i say him but like i mean is he a him he's a he's, a, he's an it with a an kind it. of male persona sort i don't of. know i just have a voice how do you know so here's the thing I, again, picked up on the last time. R2-D2 drives the story in, in Episode 4. Without R2-D2, we don't move. Because wherever R2-D2 goes is where we go. It's, it's, it was one of those really interesting things that I never thought about again until this last time. And I just I noticed that it starts with R2 and 3PO on the ship, and we chase them down to the planet, and then we chase them to Luke, and then we chase them to the Jawas. And, you know, R2 drives the story, at least for huh. the first half. It's, it's incredible. That, uh, well, he is a go-getter. Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> now, if uh, you had to rate the movies from one to seven, and we'll, we'll, we've told us Empire's your favorite, how do the rest fill out the, the gap? Okay. Oof. Okay, well, let's start, start at the bottom. I can do that. Okay. So episode one would be at the bottom. Okay. Then probably episode two. Mm-hmm. Then episode three. <laughs> I'm noticing a pattern here. <laughs> About to mix it up, though. Oh, gotta mix it up. Uh, then probably episode. Hmm. Episode four. Yep. Then six. Okay. Then seven. Then Empire. And then five. Yep, I I think that that's a fairly popular list mine's just a slight alteration on that one um one two three four <laughs> <laughs> well actually i'm i'm two one two one three four for me five six seven or sorry five five seven six so i'm still a jedi fan first that my appreciation for empire is growing right mm -hmm. now i think seven is just too stuck in my head right now you know maybe after some time it'll f filter down to to, to that third spot where Empire jumps ahead of it. In fact, I'm pretty sure it will. But, well, and um, who knows where, where Rogue One's going to fall in in that, that whole like list, right? Well, th that's the whole deal. I, I'm, I'm actually really, 
looking forward to Rogue One. I wasn't at first. Like, I was thinking, yeah. like, oh, gosh, they're just putting all these filler, like, movies in. And then, like, I saw the trailer. Right. I'm like, okay, I got chills. <laughs> <laughs> to see the AT-ATs and then putting the faceplate onto the Death Star for the super laser. <sighs> I mean, those two, those two shots alone, I was like, okay, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. All right. You've got my money. Because I'm like, okay, you got a strong female lead. Like that. Mm-hmm. I was looking for Alan Tudyk, so I know he's in it, but I didn't see him, so I was a little disappointed by that. But then when you see the kind of footage from the stuff we know. Um, the last podcast with, with Chris Bramante, a couple things came out when we were speaking about Rogue One. The first one is he wants Vader in there. Not obviously a lot, but he wants like the badass Vader that we remember in that movie and perhaps just kind of a peripheral role. Yes. Your thoughts, I presume, are you agree? I mean, I kind of want, like, I want him to be in there somewhere because I want that, like, he was this kind of terrifying figure mm-hmm. in that era of the Star Wars universe. And I feel like we need to give him credit again. Like, we need to yeah. give him some cred back, basically. No, you're right. Absolutely. He was the scariest villain in 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 movie history, in my opinion. And then you brought out prequels, and then you're just like, oh, he's, he was, okay. He's kind of emotional. He's yeah, it, it very destroyed his cred. <laughs> like you're, you're like, ah, not not as cool. Not as cool, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you. And, and you know, this was when he was prime time. He was in his, you know, his heyday. So I'm really hoping we get to see a bit of Vader. And the second thing that came out, I mean, I'll throw this against you. I believe the main character in Rogue One is Jin. I, I'm not 100. Yeah, on that. Jin something. He yeah. suggested, and, and, and I have a different opinion on who this might be, but he suggested that's Ray's mom. I've heard that theory. I hope it's not. It would be a little forced. I mean, I personally, or actually I can't even take credit for this. My wife's idea is that she's a Kenobi. Which hmm. I would like to see that, but I mean, there had to be some shenanigans while he was in Tatooine looking after Luke for that to be right. a thing. So, mm. <laughs> so. Oh, no. I don't know. I mean, I've caught up on the Clone Wars now, and, and for those who may not have known, Obi-Wan actually had a love interest in the Clone Wars. That I, I haven't completely caught up. I didn't know that. Yes, it's it's not a real... I mean, it's a love interest that doesn't go anywhere. Just, you know... That we know of? That we know of, exactly. So, um, <laughs> with that being said, there was somebody that, you know, Obi-Wan mm. had fallen in love with, and she had fallen in love with him, Obviously, and, you need to, like... Yes. Clone Wars was a good catch-up for me that I did this year. Mm. Basic, basically, what had happened is I turned on Rebels, because I, I really liked Rebels, and I saw a character show up, and I'm like, okay, I know that name, but I don't know this character. And I was like, I think i got to watch Clone Wars, because it was clearly this major reveal for the for people. And I was like, oh my god, it's Ahsoka! And I'm like, uh, who? So then I started watching Clone Wars, and I tried before, and I didn't like the first episode, and... Uh, I said, nope, power through this. And then, of course, once I got two or three in, it, it kind of hit its stride. And frankly, by the end of the series, Ahsoka was my favorite character. So I understood it. Then I went back and started watching Rebels again. And then it had the proper weight that it needed. Cool. Um, have you, I, you were saying you need to catch I need up on to, Wars? Yeah, I need to. Like, I, I, I watched like half of it and then mm-hmm. I got distracted or something. <laughs> It happens, you know. Yeah. And then, and with Rebels, have you seen any of the Rebels? Or I've seen the first episode, and I really liked it. I yeah. own the first season and haven't watched it. 
You know, I, I will recommend you can get through the season one without watching the rest of Clone Wars, but before you start season two, watch Clone, Clone Wars, Wars or finish it off. Okay. The last, the, the season finale for season two Rebels is incredible. I've seen a YouTube clip of when they introduced Darth Vader to Rebels. Yes. And I was really impressed by it. And that's, like, that he, was very meaningful. Yeah, he was unbelievable. He, he's not in too much of season two, but what mm -hmm. he's in, he's, he's a boss. Like, he's, he's badass. Yeah. And it was, it was getting some of that cred back that we were talking about. Yeah, cred. Yeah. Vader cred. <laughs> he needs more Vader cred. <laughs> All right, so let's dive into episode seven. Both of us had this rated high on our list, so I'm taking it you liked it as much as I did. Oh, man. Talk yes, to me I about did. your feels on episode seven. What feels? Oh, man. Watching, watching episode seven. In the theater, um, again with my family, mm. um, with my dad, who never goes to the theater, and I can get him to go to the theater for Star Wars, and that's it. <laughs> um, it... There's just so much about it that I loved, and I don't know. It was just it made me happy. Like when you leave a yeah. when you leave a movie and you feel happy, like mm -hmm. and excited to see the next one. And because yeah. like I don't even know what to say what was like my favorite thing about it, other than other than the fact that there is a woman lead and yes. also a um, a guy who is of color in a main lead and like the fact that Hollywood keeps telling us that those don't sell and they do because Absolutely. obviously here's a giant example where they do. Mm -hmm. <sighs> Not better. Um, like that, that for me is like, is huge on many, many levels, but it's also, it, they did it really well and it totally worked. I've always been a Luke is my favorite character guy. And I'll be honest with you, after seeing episode 7, Ray may dethrone him because oh. I absolutely loved her character. Like, she was pretty cool. She was bad ass in every sense of the word. And I think they, they handled her right. They made her um, really the one who, you know, had the, if you will, stereotypical male roles of, you know, being the one that saves the guy instead of, you know, having the guy save the girl. Mm -hmm. She was, you know, she was the one that got herself out of trouble. She didn't need anyone to come rescue her, though she appreciated the gesture of somebody coming to rescue her. And we can speak spoilers on this, so don't feel like you need to oh, hold good. back. I wasn't we, we've, sure. <laughs> we've given the internet enough time, and I'm sorry, if you're listening to this podcast, you better have seen Star Wars by now. I'll say it in the preamble to make sure that people know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, this is a podcast about Star Wars. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> Be prepared. <laughs> um, but, you know, her character to me was just so good. I mean, I went and saw this movie with my wife, and my wife loved the character of Rey. It's the first Star Wars movie that she actually felt a connection to. Mm -hmm. And I think that had a lot to do with Rey's character um, and the fact that BB-8 was just, you know, all of the adorable. So, and so she really... adorable really loves BB-8 as well and and that was a big deal to me because her big fear for this was that this would suck because for me when they announced the prequels I was like you're doing the first three oh, but Luke's not in the first three I don't care about the first three yes Darth Vader becomes a bad guy I get it let's do the next three and so I mean going back and doing the prequels was something that really bothered me because 
it took George Lucas a long time to agree to do more movies in the Star Wars universe, and then, in my opinion, he chose the wrong three. But what has been pointed out to me um, by Katrina Dennis was George did those because he wanted to play with technology. And if he had done episodes seven, eight, nine, he that's he we would have had the prequels just in a different world. They would have been that overly CG set set of uh, prequels, and it probably put would have put a nail in the coffin to the Star Wars universe. Um, that's that's sad. Like that or scary maybe is more the word I want to use. That's scary. It it really truly is. But because he did the first three, and he just you know he didn't like the fact that people liked them as much as he did. Um, you know, he got all grumpy and blah, 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 and he sold it to Disney, and I think Disney's gonna, I mean, Disney understands the value of getting people to connect with film. That is prob they're probably better than anyone in the world. Um, and I loved this movie, and I just, I, I'm, I'm, I can't, cannot wait to see more. It was exciting for me to hear them say that they had always originally wanted to use Luke Skywalker more. And for, again, for those who don't know, Luke is in this movie for five minutes. He doesn't say a damn word. Not even right. five minutes. Yeah, and it's right at the end. The whole deal of the movie. Yeah, is, he doesn't fun. say a single word. <laughs> the whole movie's concept is let's find Mark Hamill. Um, I love it. But I mean, the reason they did that was because every time they tried to make Luke more part of the movie, he ended up outshining Ray, and you couldn't have that. Ray is your new main character, guys. For better, for worse. And for me, it's for the better. She is now the main character in Star Wars. And that had to be established. And I think that this movie, that was the big point, was to say, you know what? Ray is now the person who's going to be running the show. You're going to have Finn playing around. You're going to have Poe playing around. Um, Chewie's kind of still in the mix there. You got Leia still in the mix. Um, Luke is obviously going to be in the mix. But this is now Ray's franchise. And, you know, John Boyega's franchise. And, and, um, Oh, Oscar Isaac's franchise, and that's the way it's going to be. And if you don't like it, too bad. Yeah. And I think, and I think they did a great job. I, I personally would like to see more out of John Boyega's character. I, and it's, and certainly more out of um, Captain Phasma. Those were the two. Ah, Captain <laughs> Phasma. You ah. know, there's, there's just things they could have done. Like, I, it was made a, a good point by Chris when I in the last pro, uh, podcast. I asked him who he thought was his the best villain in that movie, and. And he said Hux, and I said, you know, it was, it's that stormtrooper that people dub traitor. The you know? traitor! Because that guy was badass. He's like, you know what? You know what bothered me about that is that should have been Captain Phasma in that fight. Yeah, go, but then she would have had to die or something. Well, that's the whole thing. But then it's like, how do you get the good guys away? And, and you know, perhaps she, I just, you needed to be to make her more badass because she really wasn't. And well, and you were kind of expecting it too. Like I was expecting it. Absolutely, it's yeah. Pl she's played by Gwendolyn freaking Christie, right? Who's one of my heroes, right? And yeah, and somebody who has clearly knows how to do combat, yeah. Because that her other job, that's what she does. Yeah. And you know, I, I she was underused. It was disappointing. I'm hoping we'll see a lot more of her. Um, I'd like to see her kind of take a bounty hunting edge. That she took it personally. That one of her, you know one of her recruits kind of turned and made this big thing happen um that would be i, I think you got to pull her out of the first order to make her a better character and, and i think making her a bounty hunter would be a very logical way of doing that oh, that's an interesting twist i didn't even um, think of that yeah. i don't know I, I in my head i feel like she's so loyal to her cause i don't know if she would actually do that but 
Um, Fair enough. And, and, and I get that point completely. Um, but, I mean, how, how decimated is the First Order from the blowing up of Starkiller Base? That's pretty much what we're going to find out. We're, yeah, we're going to find out. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the good part of this whole deal. Um, okay, so let's talk more about you and, and what it is that you do. You are a world traveler as mm-hmm. a start. Tell us about your, your uh, adventures, Bilbo Baggins. Yes, Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> Uh, I like to claim myself as a hobbit uh, without the feet, or perhaps with the feet. You know, you'll never know. Without, I without the hair, maybe. Yeah, my, my hair on the feet. I just, it's all backwards. It's all upside down. Um, so, uh, I love traveling. Any excuse to travel is a good excuse. Um, so uh, I... I, I, I make those excuses, <laughs> basically. Um, so, like, through uh, competing with sword fighting, that gives, like, I can travel all over. There are groups all over the world, actually, that uh, participate in this hobby. So, like, I've been in Denmark and showed up at a practice there and met a bunch of new friends that way. Um, and LARP is the same exact way. So I've been to Germany twice and been to one of the largest LARPs in the world called Conquest. And um, that was one of the most incredible experiences of my life where I've, I've, I LARPed for a whole week and uh, with people from all over the world. Most people spoke German, but a lot of people spoke English, which was good for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, just, just meeting people, have it like, it's, it's cool that when I put together my Christmas cards, I'm sending them literally all over the world because uh, it's all about meeting people and, and having experiences. Like, that's very important to me is having as many experiences in my life as possible. That is about the best answer as I think you could possibly give towards that. <laughs> now, Good! Yeah, that's <laughs> it. I'm done. This hour is up. <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop gone. Um, I can't literally, it's on my face. <laughs> face drop, mic drop, no. Face drop on face, I don't know. <laughs> no, that's just, that's going to hurt. Yeah, um, that's not. Okay, so let, let's dive back in a little bit to basic adventuring because, hey, look, I, I'm super excited to watch this. You, As you should be. As I should be. I, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm one of the green guys, by the way. Um, it's, it's, it's funny, I'm actually not sure if that, um, no, I'm you, not going to talk about it. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I'm there not going to say There will be green. There will, I will be, be green. green in this episode. There, there's green Spoiler. on me. <laughs> um, but uh, when it comes to this, uh, and, and, I, and I'm going to get get a little something here, but like we, we filmed episodes two through nine over the course of eight days, I believe. Yeah, something like that. And the Maybe three nine. girls, the three girls, Kristen, Madison, and and Liz were at every single shot, to my knowledge, and Kristen had to wear 35-pound chainmail all day, almost every day. And yeah. I have never seen human beings so tired as the three of you throughout the course of that week. You guys worked an obscene amount of hours. There was this one, the, the, the big, my big day of shooting, I think we were filming till like 3 in the morning, and at least it at, felt like anyway <laughs> and, and i was supposed to to have i well, 
there was some dialogue that was going to occur that I was involved with, and I was, you know, I was I was going to try to make a funny and say, okay, let's crack people up. And Kristen was aware, and, and I remember it came time to do it, and I looked at my watch, and I looked at her, and I'm like, I can't do this. If I just if I fuck up a tape for whatever reason, I think they may murder me. So, <laughs> and you couldn't like we were like in a kind of enclosed set too like mm-hmm. there would be no running no nope, <laughs> there is there's no running <laughs> and quite literally we were in my bedroom <laughs> yes yep we were using the boys bedroom as a as a set so nobody could go to sleep <laughs> so, so none of the guys were able to sleep yep. none of anyone filming wasn't able to sleep yeah it was it was everyone basically it was it was a lot of hard work and and you you guys did an incredible job all, all three of you and um, I mean, everyone that was involved in the principal cast was, was, you know, really did a ton of work on this. And um, it was amazing to watch. I mean, I got the ability to not only participate, but be able to stand outside and watch. And it was something I was really grateful for because I got to see both sides of it. I think with yourself, because you were in everything, you may not have been able to take that step back and, no. and, and appreciate <laughs> it. But, but um, I, I appreciated having you there. Blair was a... Oh, a boon to the set. It was like one of those people that was like, oh no, how do we get this done? And Blair's like, well, I can do it. I'm like, oh, oh, okay, thanks. Thank God. I, <laughs> like, I mean, simple things too. It was like, we need somebody to come pick us up at a set location or drive us over or make mm. us feel like we're okay and not gonna cry and die inside. There's for a while there. I think people. I, I think uh, Chloe started. They started calling me Dad. <laughs> just, you kind of were the set dad. Actually, kind of was a set dad. We had a set you mom, were. and I was the set dad. Yeah. <laughs> Our uh, a person that was keeping us fed was definitely the set mom. Oh yeah, Juliana, who fed us and cooked and was amazing. She made awesome. us daily bread. Oh my god, I missed like the homemade <laughs> daily bread in the morning. I remember I came home, and I think by the time the shoot was done, most people were ready to come home. And, you know, it, it took a couple of days, but then Madison posted in our group just to say, guys, the bread. <laughs> the bread. I miss the bread. Where's I, my freshly baked bread? And it's I just all... still miss it. I, I do, too. You know, I have a bread maker. I can make it my own. But You could, but it wouldn't not, be Juliana's bread. It's not Juliana's bread that was made for me. Oh, that was the best breakfast. She'd bring it, like, she would toast it for me and put, like, some jam on it. Because I was so, you're right, I was, like, I was constantly doing something. Either I was in a scene or I was helping set up one or get people going or, you know, whatever. And I felt like I, I, I ended up, like, I'm like, I have three hours of sleep. All right, let's go. And it's Juliana thrusting, like, some toast in my hand and going, like, eat. <laughs> oh, okay, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, basic was was just an incredible experience that I hope that we all get to do again one day. Yes. Well, planning for season two um, on the horizon, uh, we're planning on doing crowdfunding now in the fall. Um, okay. So we're gonna wait for the summer vacations to to get over, and um, we'll do the crowdfunding in the fall and start filming actually in the winter, and mm. uh, into next year in the summertime and that sort of thing. So. Perfect. Okay. So, let's get back into the Star Wars stuff. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so let's talk about the books. Legends, universe, current, mm-hmm. now, canon. 
Um, how much have you did dove? How much have you been a part of? I want to say divin, but that's not the right word. That's not a word. Divin. It's a Canadian know. word. Uh, how much I... have have you d- dived into? Divin. I I can't get divin out of my head. This is so divin. bad. You know what I, I mean. Please continue. <laughs> Um, you know, I'm a big wiki, like, fanatic, so I haven't really read a lot of the books, or even the comics, uh, but I have read so much of Wikipedia, um, just diving, like, diving into all of it, so, uh, because, you know, one thing leads to another. I think one day I, I, like, I, like, as a kid... I say a kid, probably I was at college, and I went, wait, what happens to Luke? Mm. <laughs> and, like, I'm on the internet, and I was like, wait, there's a whole storyline of where Luke ends up getting mad. What? And he has kids, and all this stuff happens? And I'm like, I'm like, I don't need to read the things. I'll just read the Wikipedia about it, because I'm cheating, I, don't, I guess. But it was I, there's so much of it out there though I feel like yeah. if I were ever to get caught up there's no way I could ever read all of it when it came to the legends world is I dove into it at the beginning like heir to the empire was an outstanding series um, they had the, they had a few others that I can see the covers they're behind me I can't remember their names <laughs> and then I got caught up in something fractured for me basically there was two separate stories of of a person that Luke ended up with in a romantic sense. Mm-hmm. I, I gravitated to one, and it seemed like everyone else gravitated to the other. And um, the one that everyone else gravitated to was the one that ended up going on and on and on and, and became mm. a th- and became a thing. And and I was a little burned by that because it was like, well, no, the canon I want is over here. Right. It, Why are it, they inconsistent? Why is right. there consistency? And there was consistency to a point throughout the, the series, but then it started, you know, it's the butterfly effect. Uh, effect. And, and every time you change something, like anyone who's read the books for um, The Song of Fire of Ice and watched the TV show know that, you know, everything was pretty much on course, and then they just started doing little changes, and now they're like two very different things. Um, well, in, in some of our opinions, I guess. But um, because it's it just... Once you, you, you make those small changes, they, they just bring other things into play. And um, I, I kind of stopped at that point. And then I became a Wikipedia reader. It's like, okay, how did this character end up? So I'd go to the page and like, oh, that sucks. Well, how about this character? You know, right. I was like, oh, that, that wasn't bad. So I, I, got, I got to the point where I thought the world was just too big and it wasn't linear for me anymore. And I kind of shut down. Yeah. Well, yeah, when there's, you're kind of overwhelmed with information... Right. But I, I did get back into some of the legends uh, when I discovered the Dark Horse comics. Mm. Um, because, Dark Empire and all that stuff? Yeah, and Legacy. I really liked Legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that it was like, hundred, like, two, like 100, 200 years in the future from, the, from A New Hope. Right. And so then it's like all new characters and I don't know. That, that I really enjoyed. But they're all kind of like their own contained like storylines, and the old republic. I love the old republic. The um, and we'll get into the video game in a second, but um, basically when they decided to throw out the Legends universe, I know that really kind of 
burned a few people. And for me, it was, I, you know, it did bother me as much as other people because I had that divergent experience where I didn't fall in love with the main storyline that continued, in, in my opinion, the wrong direction. But um, they reset it. And by doing so, they're like, okay, so now you can buy these new books now that you can keep on top of them by reading them as they're coming out. And here's a bunch of comics to fill in some gaps. I've been doing a pretty good job staying on top of the current canon. I'm a little behind on the books, but I'm, I'm, I'm starting to read into them. How, I mean, you were, you were talking about, and I know that you've at least had some experience with some of the current comics and, and the books. How, is it important to you to just, is this stuff that's going to be wikipedia or, or, you know, do you have time to sit down and, and dive into this new canon, if you will? Um, this, I will make time. I won't say that I'm going to, I'm not, I'm not usually the person, though, that's going to be watching it right or reading it right when it comes out. The movies, right. yes, I'll be there, like, yeah. opening night. But I have time that I can sit down and, and read the comics when I have free time. Right. Um, and I, I like them a lot. Like the um, mm -hmm. the Princess Leia one mm -hmm. was mm -hmm. fantastic. And yep. I would just, it does kind of just fill in some of the holes. And, and I like reading comics anyway. So mm -hmm. um, I, I feel like I am going to stay up to date on them because it also feels like I can trust them. Right. I feel like it's more like, this is official canon now. Don't worry, <laughs> children. We won't take this one away. <laughs> See, and, and I always knew, because George had always said that, hey, look, you can write books into this world all you want. I may one day wipe this whole thing out. So I always kind of had one foot out the door going, you know, as much as these are fun, I, I, I cannot believe that these are going to stay as, you know, the universe. And, you know, I was right. And, mm -hmm. But with now, they're like, no, this is official canon. This is, this is, there's no changing it. So your point is very valid. It's like, I can read this, and this is never going away. Right. I don't feel like I'm wasting my time. Exactly. The now, one terms... that came, the, I'm sorry, the one that came out recently about um, C-3PO and his red arm, I haven't read it yet. Is it good? It is surprisingly very good. Good, because that's like the question that's just been burning in my mind. It was basically what I was going to get into. When it comes to the comics, obviously there's a lot of them that are enjoyable. Some of them are invented storylines, how they weave in and out. I think Princess Leia is a great one to start with. There's there's some great moments where um, Leia experiences her mother in a way without even realizing what it is that I thought was really, really cool. Um the Shattered Empire four-book series is very good. It's about Poe Dameron's parents, to give you a little tag there. Um, they've just started a Poe Dameron series. I'm not sure how many of those they're going to do, but they just had episode one a couple weeks ago, so that one's all right. The C-3PO one, though, I would definitely recommend to anyone who's seen The Force Awakens. It answers the question about the red arm, and it's a you much... You probably don't recognize me because of my red arm. <laughs> funniest line in the movie i um, love that line <sighs> but but that comic um you know when i first heard about it i was like oh okay whatever but then i read it because I'm, I'm i have them all and i was like wow that was so much better than i thought it was going to be and i recommend to anyone at least read those three i mean the main storyline the main book is about let's just do adventures with luke and leia and han and then the darth vader one is let's just kind of have a brooding Vader in that kind of I'm a badass zone and, and get some of that cred back. And the Vader comic is very good. Um, but you're not going to miss any of the gaps there. You know, I mean, when it comes to filling out the movie universe. But C-3PO one, definitely. Um, 
and I, I would even say the Leia one, the one that, you know, how she got those tingles about her mother when she went to Naboo for the first time. So, now we're going to get to a video game we both enjoy. And let's just talk about video games in general. What sort of Star Wars games have you played throughout your, your life? Uh, golly. I played some of the um, Force Unleashed. Mm. I liked the opening where you get to, like, kill a bunch of Wookiees. <laughs> <laughs> Little dark Jedi burning in her eyes. Is... <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, I didn't finish the game. But uh, that's because my Xbox died. Oh. Not not for any other real particular reason. Um, but you, you know, a lot of the classic Star Wars games I never played, like Kotor. Mm -hmm. um, I really didn't get into Star Wars games until the MMO, the uh, the Old Republic, came out a few years mm -hmm. ago. Right. Because I. I saw it was coming out, and I was like, oh, I like Star Wars, and I don't have an MMO right now. Because you can only really play one. You can't, you can't have multiple MMOs in your life. <laughs> Not easily. And no. uh, I tried it. It doesn't work. <laughs> no, it doesn't. And that's been my MMO ever since, because I play a trooper that explodes stuff. I haven't played in the last little while, and I'm sad. Have you done some of the new content? Yes, Bioware and these new patches, they're releasing a patch every month now with a new chapter in their storyline. Oh. So it's much more Bioware, which I love. I'm mm -hmm. a huge fan of them. It's a little less MMO because you really don't do anything with other people. It's more about your storyline and, and your companion characters. But I'm you okay know what? with that. Yeah, I think that that's the evolution of the game because when I first started playing it, I loved it. And the reason I stopped playing it was because all the people I was playing it with basically decided that there was no more content for them. So right. yeah, we've we've done all the raids, we've beat all the bosses and we're bored. So bye, you know, and I was just kind of like, well, I I'm, I'm still enjoying this and yeah. and then, you know, when I've come back a few times since then and I'll definitely be back again at some point and once I figure out why my computer keeps overheating. Um that, yeah, that might be a thing to figure <clears> out. But since it's now more storyline driven, that actually is something that interests me and, and, and will pull me back in. Because if I drop in the middle of my own storyline, who cares? I just go back in and I start where I was. Yep. Um, and I'm that, that's something I did not know. So you, you'll probably be seeing me log back in <laughs> fairly soon. In our, I mean, we have a Geek and Sundry uh, guild. We do. That's yeah. true. The Sundry yes. something. Sun, um, yeah, sundry geeks, I think, or yeah. I don't remember. I'll get yeah. back in. So you'll never be able to find it because we can't remember. <laughs> but... <laughs> but we're attached to it, we promise. Okay, um, just before we close out, what is your take on Disney now owning the Star Wars universe? So far, so good. Yep, yeah, I'm kind of the same. So I was, I was hope, hope, uh, hopefully optimistic was my stance before the movie, and I'm now I think so far so good as well. I think it's going to be harder to do, like, the fan films and stuff, or I'm afraid it's going to be harder now that Disney owns it, which mm -hmm. I feel like was a really big part of the community and, like, the, the fan-created yeah. stuff. So I I'm, agree. I agree. That's something I'm waiting to kind of see how that plays out. Right. Because um, I'd love to do, like, a fan um, a fan Star Wars, like, film someday. That would be mm -hmm. fantastic. 
Mm-hmm. Um, or do like a Star Wars related LARP. Like I would love to run something go. like that. Um, but I also don't want to be sued by Disney. So yeah, we had this we had this thing up here in Toronto where they just called it lightsaber battle, where people just showed up and they gave up cheap lightsabers and they had a silly little battle in one of our main squares. Well, they forced them to change their name. Um, yeah, which, and that's the thing I don't like about it. But yeah. I mean, I, I get it. It's like, well, you know, you've taken away our ability to do the same thing. I'm like, well, no, no, no. This is when you could become a partner with them and make it better. This is where you could be big brother as opposed to being greedy, older, whatever. Um, but yeah, so far yeah. so good is my blanket statement as well. Okay, so Kristen Brumley. Where can, where can people on the World Wide Web or the intranets or whatever it is that we call this thing that we use, where can we find you? Well, first of all, check out the episode two releasing today. It's going to uh, Basic Adventuring 101. It's 101.com. You can check out the episode there. It'll link you to all of our social media and our YouTube page. Um, and if you just want to hang out and talk to me about Star Wars, I am on uh, the Old Republic in uh, Ebon Hawk server. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm on both Republic and uh, Imperial, but mm-hmm. on Republic, my main uh, is Sunja. That's S U N J A. And then you can find me on Twitter uh, with my tag, uh, or oh, really Sunja. O-R-L-Y-S-U-N-J-A. And, uh, yeah, that's that's where you can find Kristen. But, yeah, definitely check out Basic Adventure 101. We loved making this for you. Um, She more than me, but I still loved making it for you. And um, we're really excited for you guys to finally be able to see this. Uh, My name is Blair Beveridge. You can find me at Blair Beveridge. You can find my podcast, Hoopod, which will be on the same stream as this, at Hoopod. YouTube slash Blair Beverage is where I am on the YouTube. Twitch.tv slash Blair Beverage. Blair Beverage pretty much everywhere. I think I'm the only one in the internet with this name. There may be one other guy, but um, most of it is me. So if you one search day for we it. Should, we should make an actual like beverage that's like the Blair Beverage. <laughs> the drink? Yeah. Yeah. Dot com. <laughs> Dot com. All right, guys. Thank you very much for listening to. Our uh, third episode here of Force Ghost. My guest has once again been Kristen Brumley. Her little cat has shown up behind her. And there she goes. (laughs) Take care, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. These adventures are always more than basic. And these adventures are always more than basic. More than basic. I got a bluff stop credit. Okay, you got your you got your glasses. Yeah, they're good. Uh, any reason not to continue? With the mind's eye, your Nero or Dark on face it. These adventures are always more than basic. Yes, these adventures are always more than basic. Oh, and your adventures.